This is Photo BizX, episode number 490, and today we are talking about the raw truth of running a photography business while living in a family environment, what it's like to feel like you're not contributing enough in regards to income, but on the other side, seeing just how successful you really are. In addition to those raw truths, we're going to get into sales, marketing, website design, workflow, and so much more. Our special guest is Katrina Ferguson. She's an in-home newborn photographer based in Melbourne, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast-track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, photographer, interviewer, and host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests from around the world to help you grow a better photography business. I have a massive show coming up for you today. Before we get into all that, make sure you get back and have a listen to last week's episode with SEO expert Georgie Hope. It was a pretty specialized interview and will be especially relevant if you are looking to maintain your SEO rankings if you're making major change to your photography website. Maybe you're moving to a new host, maybe you're doing a complete redesign. Whatever it is, if you are making major changes and you want to maintain your SEO rankings, Georgie explains exactly how in last week's episode. Also, just before we do get into this interview with Katrina, I did receive an update from Katie Collenberg on the book project that she's running in her business, Heart Story Photography, over the weekend. Now, if you aren't familiar with the Profitable Book Projects course, it was run by Katie Collenberg a few months ago. It's still available to you right now on the courses page. But during that training, Katie was talking about how she was in the middle or just starting her own project, her new project called Canberra Kids. And she did come back to me on the weekend, like I said, with some updates and some numbers. And uh, this, I'm, I'm going to read you the message and uh, I'll go into some of the details, but I think you'll find this super interesting, particularly if you are enrolled in the book projects course and haven't started your book project yet, or you're thinking about running your own book project in the future. So she says, hi, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm popping in with an update on my Canberra Kids book project, which had just started when I did the book projects course with you. I have some fun stats for you below. Totally open as to how you'd like to share this. I think it will be of value to those who did the course and those who might want to do the course in the future. And Katie goes in to share these details. It's the first time running the Canberra Kids project and having an upfront fee of $75 to cover the book plus an additional $25 for extra kids from the same family. So if someone responds to your ad, they want to go into the book, so they've got to book a photo session, that's going to cost $75. If they've got more than one child, they have to pay $25 extra for any additional kids that they want to have featured in the book. She says this was a studio-only styled shoots. That was all she was offering for this book project. So families couldn't say, can we have an outdoor shoot instead? It was studio-only, which made sense because it was being run through winter. And Katie talked about not wanting to shoot outdoors during wintertime, particularly in Canberra, and also to keep the book project promo separate from the other promotions that they're running in Canberra at the time. 
But she did also add in her marketing material and her follow-up calls to the families that other family members could also be included in those family sessions. So even though she was photographing for the book project, other family members were more than welcome to be part of the shoot experience. There was also going to be two volumes of this book, which meant there were two separate cover competitions. Now, you probably won't know what that means unless you were part of the actual training, but but Katie runs some additional marketing campaigns alongside her book projects where she generates a ton more leads. So more about that in just a second. In total, she had 55 sessions for the books. That was including the test models who also went into the books. And she talks about that in the course, getting some test models to trial the project and have some marketing material. She donated 5% of all sales to her charity, her chosen charity. And the marketing strategy to promote the book was all paid ads on Facebook, plus some email marketing and socials. Uh, And when she says socials, that's just organic social posts. So predominantly Facebook ads and email marketing. Now, the total number of leads, these are the final numbers for her project. The total number of leads she brought in was 184. She booked 52 sessions. So that's a conversion rate of 28%. The total advertising cost was $3,032. So I'll be interested to hear your thoughts on what you think about that cost, $3,032 for advertising. The total sales from the promotion was $105,895. So $106,000 from the promotion. The average sale was $2,036.44. Amazing. So remember, this is all from give away free sessions to go into the book. Well, the family had to pay uh, a a small fee, $75 to cover the book. Uh, So just incredible. So $2,036.44 average sale. The ad spend, which you might've already worked out, per booking was $58.31. So $58, let's say $60, was spent in advertising on Facebook per booking. And to me, that's a total no-brainer. I'm sure you're thinking the same thing. If the average sale is $2,036 and it costs $58 to bring in that client, (laughs) that is a no-brainer. Throughout the whole promotion, she had four no sales. So that was 7.8%, well, 8% we could say, uh, of clients that were booked in were no sales. Uh, She only had 11 previous clients come through as part of this promotion. So they made up... Uh, well, they made up 21% of the total clients. So we're not talking about a huge number of clients here, 52 in total. Now, this is, uh, this is the little kicker that I was alluding to earlier. Additional leads via the cover competitions were 56. So 56 additional leads through the cover competitions, 17 of which are already booked for photo sessions, and she has many more to go. I mean, to me, this is just a, a total success. And if you have enrolled in the Profitable Book Projects training and haven't implemented this yet, please, please just go back over those numbers that I just read or go and check them out in the show notes. Let them sink in and get your own promotion up and running. This is amazing. And, and Katie lays it out in super detail in that course. So again, get back to those notes. If you uh, if you've paid for that course and you haven't implemented it yet, go back, go over the notes. It's all there laid out for you and implement what you have at your fingertips. This, this could be incredible for you. 
Uh, if you haven't got the training and you want to learn more about it, simply head over to photobizx.com forward slash book projects. Yeah, this is absolutely incredible. And this is this is what a marketing campaign is all about. So again, massive thanks to you, Katie, for coming back and sharing those numbers. Super helpful. Uh, if you have any follow-up questions for Katie, you can hit her up inside the members Facebook group if you're a premium member. Uh, and of course, you can reach out to her directly via her socials if you are not a premium member. But you absolutely should be to have access to photographers and training like this. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. We are going to jump into this interview with Katrina in just a second. Stick around till after the interview to hear a couple more announcements, some really cool things I want to share with you after the chat with Katrina, plus links to anywhere and everywhere you can find her, including her brand new newsletter at photogeek.com.au. So more about all those things coming up after the interview. Let's get into that now. Oh, and I should have said, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, all that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Katrina. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you are loving what Katrina shares in the first half and you'd like to hear more from her, you can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. There are more details about that trial membership at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest is a Melbourne-based photographer who you probably know if you're active in any of the many photography business Facebook groups. Now, it's not because she has a following of millions, not because she's a world-renowned photographer, not because she's constantly pushing courses, products, and training, none of that. You probably know her for the same reason that I do. She's always super helpful. She's quick to offer suggestions, share links, point someone in the right direction, and just be helpful and nice. And in addition to being helpful, she runs her own at-home newborn photography business. She's been shooting professionally for almost 15 years, plus she's a mother of three. I'm talking about the lovely Katrina Ferguson, and I'm wrapped to have her with us now. Katrina, welcome. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for having me. <laughs> First of all, why are you so nice in all these Facebook groups? Like, is there an ulterior motive? <laughs> Uh, the sad truth is I, I get a weird kick out of helping in that way. Um, I don't know, like, you know, I've been around for quite a while and I just I vividly remember being early in my career and even now still well and truly just learning things from other people that is really helpful. And, yeah, I don't know if I can pass some of it on. And like I said, I appreciate it's a bit weird, but I do sort of hang around in a lot of these groups and get a little thrill out of when I can... <laughs> contribute something that might actually you know someone might be able to use or whatever i love it i mean look i don't think it's creepy at all <laughs> i mean look i gotta say like i've done a lot of marketing courses and training and you know one of the things that always gets pushed down our throats is hey if you want to become a course creator become an let's say an influencer for want of a better word you want to um, sell products and get affiliate commissions whatever it is you need to get in there and be helpful and help other people so i mean i went digging before I asked you on for the interview to see, like, what is she doing? Is she selling other stuff? Is she training? Is she offering coaching? But you don't do any of that. You're like, it's just generally, genuinely being helpful. 
Yeah, and look, I've had a couple of people say to me, oh, you know, maybe you could coach or something, but it, it sends shivers down my spine. I really don't have any ambitions to be a coach of any sort. Um, yeah, I just I just enjoy it. I know, yeah, like I said, I take a lot from other people and I sort of have this weird habit of collecting, you know, knowledge and bits and pieces and I literally have like this big list on my phone and when I, um, you know, when I can match somebody's question up with something I have stored, <laughs> um, I want to share it. And at the same time, I fully appreciate sometimes I can come off a bit officious in that way, sort of inadvertently, but I just I just like having the answers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. I love it. Don't change. Don't stop doing what you're doing in that regard. Uh, and tell me a little bit about your business because like your website, I said to you before we started recording, um, this is really funny because you look, I can see you right now while we're recording on Zoom, you look like the person I see on social media. You look like the same photographer, the woman on your website. You look fantastic, but you actually look like that person, whereas a lot of people don't seem to match up. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. It's a, it's a nice thing and that's done very intentionally too. Like it's one of my, you know, values in life and obviously one of the values that you know, translates across to my business is that sort of overused word authenticity. Like I don't want people to get a shock when they see me and go, you look nothing like your profile picture. Um, yeah, I just want to be able to show up as I am and I really want other people, particularly women and mothers, to show up as they are and, you know, have that be and feel completely okay. It's Yeah, it's a big part of why I do the work I do. Yeah, I just feel like show up as you are and that's okay, you know. It doesn't always have to be this sort of exaggerated, beautified version of who we are. We're enough as we are. And, um, yeah, I say that in my messaging a lot too, you know, that you and your baby are enough and your house is enough just the way it is. It's obviously something like with the work that I do going into people's homes, you know, often people are worried about, you know, my home isn't clean, it's not perfect, it's not this designer space. So I make quite a point in my sort of pre-session education of saying, you know, you should see my house. <laughs> you should see my house on a good day. You know, there's stuff everywhere. There are washing baskets. There are dishes in the sink. That's all okay. And I guess it's a fine line too with my work. You know, as photographers, we want things to look beautiful and sort of be stylized in that way, or we sort of we lean towards that often. So I guess I'm always working on this balance of, yeah, sort of having that appreciation for a nice aesthetic, but also wanting to have things not be fake or sort of overdone in that way. For sure. So when I described you in the intro as an at-home newborn photographer, that means that you actually go to the client's home. They don't come to your home. Yeah, correct. Yep. Yep. I have done a few in my own space over the years, but it's certainly not not the given thing. And I guess yeah, the further the further I go into my career, the more confident I get with what I enjoy and what I know works and sort of really niching down too. Like I was quite scared to niche down as a lot of photographers do. You know, we can and we do do a lot of different things, say yes to any work that sort of shows up, comes to your door. But, yeah, the further I get in, the more confident I get in saying, no, this is actually what I want to do. I believe in what I want to do and I really only want to work with people who feel that same way. And a lot of this messaging stuff too was I did the with Rachel and Colin Burke that you interviewed and uh, have done work with them on messaging and all that sort of stuff. And, yeah, just actually refining all of that and getting more specific 
has been really helpful to me despite how scared I was to do it because obviously, you know, you're sort of scared to turn away work in that way or to say I only do this quite specific thing, like what I actually put on my website is quite specific. But once I had done it, yeah, it was a relief. It was a sort of a weight off my shoulders and it's just allowed me to really focus, Andrew. Like I still do do other work, but I don't put that out there so much, you know. Right. Okay. Because on your website, it's pretty definitive and obvious that, you know, you focus on one style of photography and that's in-home baby photography. So I guess that one of the big things that you would get from parents that are considering a photography session with you is the state of their home, you know, because especially with a newborn baby, like places can be a nightmare. I know ours was when our kids were growing up at certain points. Yeah, it is. That's life. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So is that the most typical or common question that you get? Hey, look, my house isn't going to be great for this. Or is it only people that have amazing houses that contact you because that's why they want you to come to their home? No, not at all. And I try and show in my portfolio, my work, very, you know, for want of a better word, normal pedestrian homes, just like mine, everyday suburban homes, because you know, people who live in normal suburban homes are perfectly worthy of getting photos with their baby as is anyone else. So I guess actually sometimes I have the opposite, Andrew, where people want my sort of style but want it. They'll ask me if I have a studio, I guess for that exact concern that you just said, like they're worried about their own house. So I just continue to repeat the, I sort of say, you know, the state of your house is not anywhere near as important as the sort of state of the family inside it, if that makes sense. It does. Like if there's a loving family in the house, I can take amazing photos. It actually doesn't really matter about the environment. Two reasons. One, because a good photographer can make basically any space look good or at least better, you know, elevate the look of that, which is something that, you know, when clients get their photos back, they're always quite surprised in that way like they always go wow it looks so much nicer than it is sometimes you mentioned rachel and colin burke and they do the sales training i went to their training as well that's a funny story i mean i think i mentioned on the podcast but rachel basically sold me the course when i went to interview her like she's that good she's good i didn't even know i was signing up for a multi-thousand dollar course yeah um how have you found implementing what she and colin teach Well, the whole concept of sales messages, right, they introduced me to that idea, which when I first heard that, I didn't really understand what that meant. I was thinking, I think they asked us to have a look on other people's websites and identify the sales messages or if there were any sales messages. And in my head, that was a literal thing. Like, are they running a sale? Like, what are they selling? So to actually dig a lot deeper into it and understand that our sales messages are basically sort of these sort of short, sharp quotes almost for want of a better term that sort of just sort of define your business, define your values, that quickly and clearly communicate what you do yeah, in a non-confusing, non-jargon sort of way. Uh, so that for me has been the most valuable thing because it really forced me to refine my messaging and to put myself in, you know, my ideal client's position and talk to them in a way that is relatable rather than, I don't know, like an expert, you know, projecting onto them or, yeah, I guess my ideal clients are people just like me who have the same sort of values. So rather than, you know, I want to sort of sit beside them rather than in front of them in that sort of way, like communicate as a peer rather than this expert as such. Yes. Okay. And I can see now, I mean, I can see you've implemented exactly what they teach because 
like front and center, like right on the masthead of your homepage is newborn photos at home, helping sentimental parents get natural print worthy photos with their newborn in the comfort and convenience of home. Like you say it all right there. That's your sales message, isn't it? Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I've you know, built up a library of, of one-liners and phrases and things like that. I can, my other favourite one that I use often is, you know, there's no better prop for a baby than a parent's arms. Nice. Um, and look, that is a little bit jargony, obviously, the, the prop thing. But I think, you know, that is a very short, succinct sentence that very quickly sort of identifies that I don't do props and wraps and blankets and flower crowns on kids and things like that. I focus on you and your baby and the relationship and the connection. Yeah, I love that. I did the training with Rachel and Colin. And for the listener, I'll link to the interviews I've done with Rachel in the show notes, but she is incredible. Like I said, she sold me on a multi-thousand dollar course when I went there to interview her. She was that good. I didn't even know that I was being sold to, Um, but she shared some incredible content in those interviews. Are you implementing the actual sales process that she teaches? I certainly took on a lot. Of, about the calls, like a pre, you know, pre-shoot or, you know, pre-engaging with someone, um, the calls in terms of the questions and the flow and, you know, reinforcing back to people what they're telling you, making sure that you're identifying concerns, those sorts of things. That's probably the two sales messages and that is probably the two main things that I've fully retained. I do have all the information still there and and we'll go back over it, but I guess it's... um. Yeah, one thing at a time sometimes. For sure. You know, when you learn a lot at once, you kind of just have to pluck <laughs> out what you're going to actually do. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, you have to implement. Otherwise, it's just a entertainment, I say. Did you actually see a noticeable difference in the clients once you change your messaging or your sales once you implemented those sales strategies? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely helped in that regard. And I think also too, because it helped me become more clear in myself and more confident in projecting that, I think those two things combined, right? Obviously, the more that you believe in what you do and you're able to communicate that clearly and with confidence, you know, that's magnetic in a way, right? People want to engage with people who trust what they do and believe in it and know what it is. For sure. Totally agree. Yeah. Now, before we started recording and uh, we exchanged a couple of emails before we set up the interview, you told me that you're the primary caregiver to your three kids. So you obviously, you, you can't spend full time working in a business, how much time do you get to spend as a photographer? Yeah, it's a good question, Andrew, and it is such a juggle as well. I, you know, obviously I listen to all of your interviews and uh, I'm in some communities with other photographers and it just, yeah, blows me away, you know, that there are a lot of parents in there making it work, but it certainly is, it's quite a struggle and a juggle to do it all. So I actually didn't do it this year, but last year I sort of scheduled it all out in terms of, you know, how the mornings run, what time I've got through the day, all the kids' activities, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And it was around 20 hours a week that I would have. And if I squeezed work in on the weekends as well, you know, that might go up to 24, 25, something like that. So it's not heaps. This year I have had all my kids in school, which is an amazing thing. <laughs> People play that down, but I tell you what, it's it's bittersweet. Don't get me wrong. Like when your babies are all off at school and your last one goes, um, that does tug on the heartstrings a bit. But at the same time, it is, you know, in a pragmatic sense, it's amazing. You actually get proper chunks of time, you know, to get work done and to actually get deep into a flow or something. So, yeah, look, technically I get that six-hour work day when they're at school, but by the time you 
do the dinners, the, you know, after school activity prep, the washing, the blah, 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 all that stuff that does need to be done. Yeah, that dwindles down a little bit. But yeah, if I can crack out 20 hours a week, that's sort of, that's, that's good. That's my standard. Awesome. So what age are your kids? They are 10, 8 and 6. Girl, boy, girl. Okay, so still young and need a lot of attention, yeah. obviously. Like they're not looking after themselves when they get home from school. They need some care. Look, they're certainly more independent than they have been, obviously. Like, uh, yeah, we had the three kids inside four years. So it's been a really busy time. And um, yeah, very much a struggle in terms of trying to fit work in around that, you know, and the guilt of wanting to work more and make more money to contribute to the family and then the guilt of when you do, then you're not, you know, then you're not present and you're missing things and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like we don't talk about it enough. I don't know, almost like there's a bit of not shame, but I guess I guess it's so normal and so everyday that people do have kids and it's just part of our lives and we just have to make it all work um, that we don't sort of, yeah, I don't know, highlight it enough or... Yeah. It's, I guess it's not glamorous, is it? Like it's not, it's not glamorous. No, but I think what you said there, what you touched on and said about not not shame, but I get a sense that when I ask someone that is working part-time that doesn't have, you know, 40 hours a week or unlimited time to devote to their business, it's almost um, you fear getting asked how much revenue you're bringing in, how much you're making. So I'm going to ask you that knowing knowing how uncomfortable it will be to answer that question. <laughs> Yeah, well, and, and do ask me. And yeah, before you do, I'll fully admit that I, yeah, that does make me nervous. It does because it's, um, yeah, the sort of, you know, the sort of standard and typical version of success in inverted commas is based around money. And I guess I'm trying to live my life my way as such in terms of, you know, when I get to my deathbed, how am I going to feel? Am I going to look back and regret that I didn't spend these years when my kids are little? Like realistically, you know, my eldest might be gone in eight years. Yeah. Who knows, right? So, and look, don't get me wrong. Like I'm very sentimental and gushy about my family, but I also am totally normal in terms of, you know, I adore my children, but my children also drive me mental. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I... No, and I also really resent doing all the domestic stuff sometimes. So, yeah, I don't want to sort of give this impression that I have this perfect family life and, and all that sort of stuff. It sounds all very normal to me. Well, that's the thing. It is. It's the same same type of family that I grew up, you know, that I have. Yeah. I was going to say I grew up in, but it's the same one that I have now, you know, with my two boys and Linda. So let's rip the Band-Aid off. What's your revenue looking like for the year, this year? <laughs> All right. So year to date, I am at just over 30,000. Okay. And you're looking like getting to 40 for the year? Yes. Ideally, if not a bit higher, but yes. Okay. Yep. Okay. So just over 40K. Okay. So when you say, let's say $40,000, how does that make you feel when you say that? Okay. My instant feeling is it's not enough in terms of contributing to the household. Okay. So are you thinking, oh, it's not enough also for the listener, like the other photographer that's listening to this right now, that are you feeling like they're judging you as well or are you only focused on what you're contributing to your household? Oh, no, definitely, definitely concerned for out of judgment per se. Um, absolutely, because I think, you know, and you're here. Um, you're here and you're seeing the groups and all that sort of stuff, you know, 
nine times out of ten, a photographer's success is based on what their income is. You know, the higher you're turning over, the more leads you're getting, the more successful you are, in inverted commas. Yeah, so I guess if when your version of success isn't falling strictly into that model, yeah, I guess it can be a bit, I don't know, you sort of doubt whether you are doing it the right way if everyone else is concentrating on this so much. Yeah, so that's definitely an issue. And then also just, yeah, within my family, absolutely, I would like to be able to contribute more financially for sure. You know, my husband's been doing that for a long time, you know, out of since 10. So what, 11 years or so, he's been the the primary, you know, breadwinner per se. And we're definitely at this precipice now, this tipping point of where, like I said, all the kids are at school. So I've got more time. We're finally out of the, you know, two years of COVID funk. So (laughs) yeah, look, definitely come back to me in 12 months, Andrew. But yeah, the idea is certainly next year, so 2023, to sort of tip that scale, even it out, if not um, certainly long-term, my plan is to bump my husband off that scale completely and if I can retire, (laughs) then good on me and fingers crossed I can, you know. I would love to do that and I'm actually very keen to really dive deep, deeply and, you know, full force into my career at some point and that is, I guess, we are getting towards that point, so it's nice. It's nice and it's scary and all those things. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad the audio didn't cut out when you said bump my husband off. And uh, <laughs> so I want to come back and explore a couple of the things you just shared. The, the first one though is we didn't bring up or I haven't brought up, like we talked about 40K. Like what's a number that you think you'll be happy to say, happy to, to share with other photographers what your turnover would be? Oh, I mean, I would share anything. No, no, but what's a number you think, yeah, like I'm doing great. Like I'd be proud of it in that regard. Yeah, like is it 100,000? Oh. Is it 200,000? Is it 80,000? Um, oh, wow. Interesting question. Would I be proud? Yeah, double it, sure. 80,000, okay. Sure, but at the same time, like I'm actually really proud, Andrew, that I am quite involved in my kids' lives and I'm quite present so like I was saying, it just sort of depends where you sit in terms of your version of success. So financially, is my business a huge success? No, it's not. But am I running my business and am I working, contributing at the same time as I'm raising a family and keeping it all together as best I can? Yeah, absolutely. I'm really proud of that part. Like I'm proud that I've built my business around my family rather than the other way around. I agree 100%. I'm with you because my follow-up question was going to be, you know, if you had, and you probably do have this choice, if you had the choice to swap out another 20 hours a week, which is going to be away from your family, and I guaranteed you another $40,000, would you take it? I would take it if my husband was in place of me, if that makes sense. No, no, no. There's no changes. You just have less time with the kids, less time with the family. But then that doesn't work because who does all the stuff that I do? That's right. It just doesn't work, does it? That's what I mean. Like, it, it's not a trait. Like, I, that's what my point. Like, it, yeah. what you've created to me is super successful with the time you have. Like, like it's a success. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. I feel the same. Um, and look, certainly still figuring it all out and things are not perfect, you know. Like I said, it's still a, it's still a, a juggle. And I definitely still have that frustration of I would like to work more. But that's also on me at the same time, you know, I can structure things better to make that happen. So it's it's definitely doable. But I just, yeah, you know, and I fully appreciate at the same time that it sounds 
I don't know, it sort of sounds like an excuse as well. Like I appreciate that. And I reckon there definitely are times fully transparent where I have hidden behind that in terms of certainly when the kids were littler, you know, that I can't work as much as I would want or whatever because I'm quite absorbed with my family. But, yeah, I'm confident that, you know, my kids will be there on my deathbed, but my business and my work and my clients, they won't. They won't, you know. (laughs) I agree. And just to put the shoe on the other foot, Mm. I think, some photographers that have, let's say if the photographer that's listening or me, I guess in my case, uh, is the primary breadwinner, we can be accused of putting too much time into our business and not enough time with our family. Yeah, sure. Because we don't have a limit. Like when do you stop working? Like do you go for 100,000, 200, 300? Like if you don't know what your limit is, you just keep working. Well, yeah. And being self-employed, it literally never stops, right? We all know that. Like you could literally fill 24 hours a day with work and do the same the next, you know, it it doesn't stop. So yeah, we have to figure out our own boundaries in that way. And, you know, the whole concept of work-life balance is quite damaging in itself. Yeah. I think harmony, work-life harmony is a better concept to sort of strive for because, you know, balance presents this idea of 50-50, 50-50, you know, you must be doing 50% of that and 50% of that and it's not that it's not that clean, is it? It's not that. <laughs> no. It's, it's not that simple. So It's not. Not with families <laughs> and your own business. And it's, you know, it's each to their own as well, Andrew. You know, like, you know, if you're in a position to go hell for leather and, and work like a maniac and build up your income and save it away for later and all that sort of stuff, that's amazing, you know. I I, you know, I hear so many awesome people that you interview and in group coaching and things like that. And you just go, yeah, good on you. Like, that's amazing. You know, you're doing such an amazing job in your business and go for it. And look, don't get me wrong. There's definitely a part of me that's, it's envious, you know, that, that I feel like in terms of career, am I fully fulfilled? No, absolutely not. Hell not. You know, hell no. There's still a lot that I would like to do, but I feel like. I'll get there and I feel like that I can put that a bit on the back burner. I'm just in this chapter of life at the moment where I want to be there for my kids and my family. So it's, I mean, yeah, it's not a trade-off, but it's certainly this concept of figuring out harmony, what's going to work, how do you fit the two in together. That's a good way to describe it. One of the things or a term that you used a couple of times was, you know, contributing or family contribution. So let's say you're bringing in, 40,000 revenue. So, I mean, even if we take the general, let's say you bring in 20,000 actual net profit for one of a better number. Yeah. So my assumption, and I might be wrong here, is you, you've sat down with your husband and had a talk and you're bringing in, say, 20,000 net into the family income. Do you then, do you guys both have a chat and think, okay, that's a good return on the time that you're spending on the business? Or does he think, hey, you know, maybe you're better off going to pack shelves at Woolies not worrying about the personal business, photograph for fun and just spend more time with us. Like, is that a conversation you guys ever have? Oh, look, we have those conversations often for sure. And yeah, look, and certainly, you know, through COVID and those couple of years, I was definitely at the point where I was like, should I just go and get a job? You know, I can do any job. I, yeah, not beyond that. That wouldn't bother me. I can do that and I would do that. But he was pretty adamant that... You know, like he knows that I've been working on this for a long time, you know, admittedly, yes, interspersed with things, so not not at a full full pace per se, but no, he was pretty adamant that it would be, I don't know, a waste per se to sort of just chuck it in now and 
give it all away. So no, he does want me to, yeah, keep working with my photography, which is good because I want to. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, if I had to get another job, I certainly would. But yeah, I can, it works, Andrew, you know, it works and there's a lot of potential for it to, to keep building. So that's the plan. So where's this idea or this, this thought that you said a couple of times, family contribution, is, it sounds like that's a weight on your shoulders, yeah, not on his or not on yours as a collective. It's, 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 this is something that you're carrying. Like you, it sounds like you feel like you're not contributing enough to the, the family income. Yeah, I do, absolutely. But you don't have any more time. Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. I do want to ask you one more thing if you've got time, but before I do, where's the best place for the listener to see your amazing website and more of you? <laughs> My amazing website that I built myself and I'm super proud of. You know, still needs lots of work. You know, it's the, the websites, they're a living thing, aren't they? Like you never just sort of set and... You don't need to add all that. Just go, have the listeners go and check it out. It's awesome. Okay. My website <laughs> is uh, katrinaferguson.com.au and Katrina is K-A-T-R-I-N-A and then Ferguson, F-E-R-G-U-S-O-N. Dot com.au that's my website i've got my instagram and all that sort of stuff but i'm pretty pretty hopeless there to be honest um, <laughs> you got a family <laughs> and no time <laughs> i'm just i'm just my marketing game is not strong to be honest <laughs> <laughs> well okay well, i'll add links anyway for the listener to find those social media profiles and also your website how do clients find you Oh, I looked this up. I got my actual stats ready for you. I figured you might ask me this. Where is it? <laughs> um, okay, so this year, 40% of my work has come from existing clients, so returning clients, people have come back to me, 20% from my network, so people that I know or that know people I know, 13% from family and friends. So if I tell you those three, what's that, 73%? Most of it, yeah. Is people that I've already worked with or know. Wow, okay. And right, so are you running things like Facebook ads, competitions? No. Right, you just haven't. And what about SEO? Do you know? As in like leads? Yeah, people searching, you know, newborn photographer Melbourne and then your website coming up and then they fill out your contact form. Yes, so Google... 4%, um, my blog, a couple of people have come to me through the blog and in a week or so I'm starting a um, like a consulting sort of thing with someone who found me through the blog about pick time, like they're wanting to help me, get me to help them to set up their shop. Sorry, is that something you do? If someone's listening and they get pick time for the first time, can you help them set it up? It's not something that I've sort of set up as a business or anything, but yes, people are welcome to contact me and ask. I'll, I'll help. Putting you on the spot here. For free. <laughs> well, yeah, like I said, it's not, you know, I'm not wanting to start this big pick time consulting business, but, you know, this person contacted me and we spoke on the phone and whatever and what he's wanting to achieve I can do and he's happy to pay me to do that. So, yeah, I've set out time in my, in my calendar and I will do that. And what else? Yeah, I've had a couple of people come from Facebook um, events. Katrina, how are you tracking these numbers? What do you mean? The statistics you just read out, those percentages, yeah. is that just through Studio Ninja? Like you, you, yeah. How do you, so you, anyone that comes in, you ask where they heard about you from? Yes, so I find out how they found out about me if I don't already know. Um, and then you just, Studio Ninja, once you've sort of, allocate that in the system or you check a box yeah it just 
it gives you a pie chart and it gives you the breakdown of all where all your leads are coming from, which is, um, yes. That's really cool. I mean, it shows that networking works, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, indeed. And obviously happy clients. Yeah. And actually, Andrew, I owe you a bit of thanks too. Like, obviously, aside from all the, um, you know, the interviews and everything that I've been a listener, I actually don't know how many years, but um, I've literally listened to every episode and I love it. You know, you've brought a lot of value to our community, which is wonderful. But you, you know, when when you reached out to me about this and, and you said, I don't really know much about your business and I have to confess, yeah, I know not, not many people do. Like I'm not really sort of out there and going gung-ho in my business. But when you said, oh, yeah, you're, you're helpful, you know, you, you're in all the Facebook groups and helping people and I thought, you know what, I'm going to start a blog. So I've actually started a blog and it's, you know, obviously it's all just free information and I thought I'm going to, all a lot of this stuff that I talk about, I'm going to put it in a permanent place online <laughs> so that it's there and I don't have to constantly. <laughs> Where is it? That's awesome. Well, I um, I also figured it was a sign when I looked up the domain um, photogeek.com.au <laughs> and it was I managed to get that and I thought in 2022 that's pretty impressive that something like that still exists. So, um, yeah, I've literally just started it. It's just a blog and an e-news. So, if uh, yeah, I, I just want to be able to share all this stuff that I've literally hoarded so much knowledge over the years um, and certainly, you know, not pretending anything is mine that isn't, always crediting, you know, where it comes from when I can and all that sort of stuff. But thank you because you inadvertently sort of made me pull the trigger on that. So, Thank you. That's so good. Congratulations. See what comes of it, if anything. But that is yeah, so good. Cool. Have you got time to answer one more question or just yeah. explore something really quickly? Um, you mentioned just before I clicked record about a legal drama that you had back in the day. Can you just share a little bit about what happened there? Yeah. So I thought this might be interesting to share. So uh, this was several years ago now. So certainly earlier in my career. And I had I photographed um, a lot of births so it was some birth clients that I had and they had been approached by one of the major insurance companies that we would all know in Australia to be you know how they sort of run campaigns about real people and that sort of stuff so they were approached to do that and in the process of the filming and the stills for running that campaign this company had highlighted a couple of my photos that this family had printed uh, on their walls and yeah, ran them in the campaign, sort of national TV campaign, online, print, all that sort of stuff without seeking any sort of, you know, approval permission to use them. So, yeah, that was brought to my attention and I uh, I reached out to the AIPP community at the time. So at the time it was our national photography body and sort of asked everyone, you know, what should I do? Is this a thing? You know, are they allowed to do that? Am I allowed to, you know, stop it basically? And yeah, I got pointed in the direction of some um, a legal team in Sydney, and I reached out to them, and they yeah they explained to me that I definitely had a case per se. So they helped me approach this company, um, and they did all the dealings for me, obviously. But yeah, and the, the company was relatively defensive about it. They didn't think that they needed permission to sort of use these images, which I thought was. So Katrina, do they actually use the images or do they sort of just pan across the lounge, you know, the, the bedroom and, sh- and see birthing photos or do they do more? Like, do they actually feature the photos? They, so it was full screen of the photos. Oh, wow. So like, no, no other people or anything in the oh, photos. It was the, Wow. 
That's pretty, yeah, so, pretty obvious. Wow. So not, not using them as their own, but certainly highlighting them in the campaign. Right. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, look, it was all settled out of court, but it was before I had a contract. So everybody get a contract in place. But yeah, I won in the end. Long story short, I won um, and they took it down. Uh, yeah, stopped using it. So did they offer compensation instead of taking it down or was that an option? There was a small settlement. Yeah. But um, I think they maybe they chose to stop running it. I actually can't remember. Right. No, I guess they would have had to have taken it down. Yeah, yeah. And then so with the legal team, was that um, – did you hire them on the basis that they go into bat for you and you only pay them if they're successful? Was it one of those sort of deals where you don't have to fork out lots and lots of money? No. Did you pay or the AIPP pay? No, no, I paid. Yeah, no, I paid personally. And, and I was very aware going in – you know, that it could be costly as such. But I was just, I had a real bee in my bonnet, to be honest, Andrew, that this huge company that although they feigned ignorance would have absolutely known better yes. um, than to do what they did. And, yeah, just sort of this abuse of the little guy per se. So I was pretty dogged and I really did want to pursue it or see what my options were anyway. And, look, I think it was probably around $1,000 in legal fees that I paid in the end. They were very good. They looked after me per se. Like that was certainly not full rate, I think, because I was associated with the AIPP. They they helped me in that regard. But, yeah, their service was excellent and just having some proper help, yeah, made a big difference. And I was very vindicated that I won. Yeah, that's they so good. You know, couldn't abuse photographers like that. It's, it's, uh, look, I wish I was as brave and knowledgeable as you because I, I photographed a, um, a businesswoman in my local area years ago now and it was, she needed the photos to enter some awards. Anyway, it turns out that same photo popped up on bus shelters for Telstra. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I, I wrote letters to Telstra, which for the listener overseas, that's our telecommunications company, the biggest one. I think it was government run um, mostly. Yeah. Um, it, may, it may not be now. But anyway, I wrote some letters to them and got absolutely nowhere. They basically told me to get stuffed. Um, yeah. But I didn't hire a legal team. I, I wish I had gone down that route now. Yeah, well, I mean, perfect example. They just they just mow over the top of people because they can. So that's why I wanted to get some, you know, proper, you know, people who actually knew what they were doing and were far scarier than, you know, one little sole trader. That's right, to, exactly um, right. Get involved. Wow, wow, yeah. good on you. Yeah. Katrina, I've taken up so much of your time. You have been amazing, so brave as well for coming on and uh, you know exploring and uh, being willing to answer the questions that I put to you. I'm so glad that you did because I think it's a conversation that needs to be had, that should be had, that should be shared. I think you should be, and, and I know you are, super proud of the income that you're bringing into the house to yourself, your website, your photography. It's a credit to you. You're amazing. So again, thank you so much for saying yes and coming on. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me, Andrew. And um, yeah, like I said, I didn't, I had definitely had that doubt of I'm not good enough basically to go on your podcast. So yeah, thanks for giving a voice to, um, yeah, I guess to people who aren't ragingly successful in, in typical standards, but um, certainly, yeah, doing a good job nonetheless. You're awesome. Thanks, Katrina. Thanks, Andrew. Hope you enjoyed that interview with Katrina as much as I did. Katrina, if you're listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for being so open, so honest, and being brave enough to share your real numbers and um, some of the things that you're going through that you're feeling. 
as you grow your own photography business. Again, massive, massive thanks for coming on and doing that. I'm looking forward to a follow-up in 12 months' time. For you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Katrina had to share. If you would like to follow up with her, I've got links to anything and everything that she mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. And this week, they are at photobizx.com forward slash 490. Now, in those show notes, in addition to the links, I've also got examples of Katrina's beautiful work. And of course, you'll find that link to her new photographer's blog, which I can tell you looks beautiful after having received a few updates from Katrina since recording this interview. And you can find that at photogeek.com.au. Oh, and of course, Katrina is part of the members Facebook group. So if you have a follow-up question for Katrina, we just want to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you did. You can do that inside the members Facebook group. I know that she'd love to hear from you there. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. If you've been listening to the podcast for any length of time, you probably remember an interview that I did with Liz Wilcox back in 2021. Liz is an email marketing, I'm hesitant to use the word guru because she's way more fun than a guru. (laughs) But after that interview, I subscribed to her email marketing membership. It was, or it still is, $9 a month and I get an email template every single week that I use to write my emails to to you and other subscribers to my email list. And it makes email writing for me so, so easy. Like it's incredibly easy to use these templates. There's three different versions of each template. And uh, I know that there are are a bunch of members, PhotobizX members, utilizing the same service because I get updates from photographers like Laurie Brown in Canada, Jan Bezo in the US. I thought she was in Canada, but she's in the USA and a couple of other photographers. And I see that they're utilizing the same templates that I'm using every single week and just putting their own spin on them. So if you struggle with email, it's definitely worth going back to have a listen to that interview with Liz, which was episode 434. Or better yet, just go and check out her email marketing membership. It's $9 a month. And you can find that at photobizx.com forward slash Liz Wilcox. But the reason I'm telling you this now is Liz is in the middle of moving all her courses and training over to a new platform. And what she's doing to incentivize her existing members to come across to this new platform with her is offering an incredible deal on her email marketing membership. It's still $9, but what you can do now is pay for 12 months in advance, which is $108, obviously. And what you get with that is the email marketing membership like you normally would. In addition, you get access to any other training or digital products that she has or will create over the next 12 months at no additional cost. Actually, no, that's not right. You get access to all her digital products plus any that she will create into the future while your membership is still running. So not just for the next 12 months. So Whilever you have your subscription with her, which is the $108 per year, you get the email marketing membership, so the templates every single week, and you get access to all or any other digital products that she has or creates for the life of your membership. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Uh, I'm just having a look at some of the things that she has. I don't don't use anything else that Liz offers. I just use the email, uh, email membership. But she's got things like building community with email, 
email metrics, how to create a sales page in email, and for your website. She's got sales templates, uh, workshops on how to revive and maintain the health of your email list. I mean, there's a heap of stuff here. And she's so much fun and makes it so easy to write emails. It's just, it's worth checking out if you struggle to write email yourself. And I know that there are so many photographers that do struggle with that. We're always told we should be building an email list. And yes, I 100% believe in that. It's, it's one of your saleable assets, if you like, or one of the biggest assets you can have in your photography business is that email list. You want to be always building that. But what's also important is actually communicating with that email list and having a, an email list of people, of real people that want to hear from you and that are engaging with you and love hearing from you. And that's what Liz can help you with. Anyway, that's enough about that. Obviously, I'm a massive fan, but go back and have a listen to her interview if you're at all unsure and you want to get a better idea if, uh, if uh, it's a good fit for you. And that was episode 434 of the podcast. Oh, and I should have added, if you want to get access to the special deal that Liz has going right now, it's photobizx.com forward slash EMM, Echo Mike Mike. So photobizx.com forward slash Echo Mike Mike to find that special landing page and that special deal for $108 per year. It's shout out time. I've got a few big shout outs for today's episode of the podcast. I don't know what happened over the last week, but there are a bunch of reviews that have popped up all of a sudden, both in Apple iTunes and also Google. And for you, if you haven't left a review for the podcast, the reason it can be beneficial for you, I mean, it's obviously hugely beneficial for me. It helps other photographers find the podcast. Uh, It's a massive help for me. But the benefit for you is um, you get to feel good about leaving a review. Uh, But also, I'm going to add a link to your website or a page on your website using a keyword phrase as the anchor text, a keyword phrase that you're looking to rank for as the anchor text with the link pointing to your website. It's an easy, super easy way for you to get a link, a backlink to your website to help you with your SEO. So if you do leave a review in Google or iTunes, just let me know that you've done that and let me know the keyword phrase you're looking to rank for and the link, the URL you'd like me to link to, and I'll get that added inside the show notes of one of the Photo BizX podcast episodes. It's just my little extra way of saying thanks for taking the time to leave that review. And uh, to, to find the best place to leave a review, you can simply go to photobizx.com forward slash Google or photobizx.com forward slash iTunes. And you can follow the links to find an easy way to leave a review at either of those spots. Now for today's episode, the photographers that have gone ahead and left those lovely reviews uh, Claren Ho 12 from the United Kingdom. So Claren Ho 12, you need to let me know exactly who you are so I can add that link to your website. I'm going to go through these pretty quickly. I'm not going to read these reviews because there are too many to go through today, but Claren Ho 12, thank you so much. There's also a lovely review by Dalby, newborn photographer, Felicity Broadbent. Felicity, you need to let me know your URL that you'd like me to link to and a keyword phrase. I think it's Dalby, newborn photographer, so I can add that to the show notes. But thank you for taking the time to leave your review. Big shout out to David Barrett, who who left a review a while ago. I totally missed it. So big thanks to you, David, for taking the time to do that. Again, get in touch. Let me know a keyword phrase and URL that you'd like me to link to, and I can get that in the show notes for you. Big shout out to Chesh- is it Cheshire? Cheshire. I'm not sure how to even pronounce this. I think it's Cheshire. Cheshire and, Lankin- and Lancashire. 
wedding photographer, Stuart Morris. Oh my God, I've totally butchered that, Stuart. You have to let me know how to pronounce uh, the place or where you live. It's Cheshire, I think. Cheshire and Lancashire. <laughs> oh my God. All right, let me know, Stuart. But again, mate, thanks for, for taking the time. I promise I've got the spelling correct in the show notes for that link to your website. But thank you, buddy. Uh, here's an easier one. Uh, big shout out to Tanya Simmons. She's an Adelaide family photographer. No troubles with saying Adelaide family photographer. So thank you, Tanya. Look, massive thanks to everyone who, who's left a rating and review for the podcast in the last few weeks. It, it's a huge help to me. So thank you all. Uh, if I haven't got that link to your website, get in touch. Let me know what that URL is and the keyword phrases and I'll get that done for you. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. Massive thanks again to Katrina Ferguson for coming on, being so open and sharing what she did. I hope you have an incredible week wherever you are in the world. Please go and check out the show notes for today's episode. They are at photobizx.com forward slash 490. I've got links to anything and everything I mentioned there, including all the details from Katie's recent book project. Uh, also, be on the lookout for the Black Friday specials coming up on all the PhotoBizX courses and membership in the next couple of weeks. I'll have more details about that in next week's episode. Alrighty, have a great week. I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to PhotoBizX.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 